I kind of like that. I don't even know why we're doing this podcast. We should be building. We should be building I'm, this app. I'm going to delete that bit. <laughs> keep that for keep that for yourself. I don't want to reveal that to our our 18 listeners. Yeah. Well, those are lifetime listen listens, not listeners. Yeah, it's not unique. <laughs> unique, right? Listeners. Exactly. Speaking of movies, um, one of the things I want to talk about today was Movie Pass uh, because that's something I kind of caved and signed up for a couple months ago. And uh, I'll just skip to the end. I, I did cancel it uh, a few weeks ago, and this is um, we'll kind of back up and, and you know describe what it is. But it's just been a it's a subscription service that has had a lot of ups and downs and has been in the news lately. So for for those of you who don't know what MoviePass is, MoviePass is something that kind of came into the limelight in 2017 when it reached kind of a wide audience. And essentially, it's a subscription service where you paid 10 bucks a month and could go and see pretty much as many movies as you want is how it started out. So as many movies as you want in theaters. So it was one of these things that almost sounded too good to be true and pretty much turned out to be. Um is that a fair description of kind of how it started? Yeah, I think that's good. Um, what can you talk a little bit about, like what the cost was and is? Mm-hmm. I think they well, okay. Let me even back up one more. So, yeah, I'm a little disappointed that we because um, we had this on the list of topics to talk about, and I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get to it earlier. Now that all this news is kind of coming out about um, how the business is failing and they can't make money, and you know it's going to be you know shut down imminently. Yeah. Um, and because I think if we had talked about this, we would likely have predicted the the decline of this company, and I think we would have sounded really smart. But yeah. now, now it's just like we're, we're a news hi- show. Yeah, you know, like I won't hindsight. Yeah, exactly. That's, I won't. that's our podcast name. Hindsight. Uh-huh. Hindsight. 20. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually not bad. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, no, that's a good. That's a really interesting point, and. I, I think we, we definitely would have and will talk about the business model side of things because to me that was something that people were, again, like this is too good to be true. How can they make money off that? And it was the kind of thing where the idea was, well, they're still figuring that out, right? They're sort of they're, – they're almost similar to how kind of Snapchat started where it's like just amass users. Get people enough users and then you have some leverage um, in terms of you know negotiating with movie theaters and whatnot. Um, one thing they didn't maybe anticipate was movie theaters saying, hey, this is working pretty well or this is garnering interest in these subscription services. Um, and they AMC started making their own. And so they, they came up with their own, I'd say, back in – I think it was just April. So just a, just a few months ago, released plans for their own subscription where I think it was uh, – I want to say it was like 20 bucks a month. So it was about twice the cost, and it was it was more limiting. I think you could only see like four, five movies a week or something like that. Um, I mean, five five movies a week is that's hefty. I, I know. Like 
the limits really only seem to kind of apply to to a very extreme um, you know minority of of the people that probably use the subscription. So what, going, what's the uh, yeah. what's the business term for for that type of user? Oh, whale, right? Well, it's yeah, whale like, is when so, is when somebody um, spends like a lot of money. I don't know if that applies to that scenario exactly. Got it. Is that uh, like maybe from like free to play? Exactly on the app store. Yeah, exactly. Like a whale would be like somebody in in Farmville who, you know, spends $2,000 a month on like exclusive items. Like I'm not kidding. Like that was a thing. And those users can, can represent an actual large portion of, of profit. But in this case, everyone's paying the same. Well, it's the opposite in a way you're talking about, like those people are keeping the business alive. (laughs) And in this case, the person who's seeing, you know, 10 movies a week is keeping, is, you know, putting the business into the ground. Right. That's yeah. Exactly. So it is kind of like a reverse. Um, but just what's kinda, the like a kelp? Yeah. Kelp. Right. A kelp? What's the opposite of a whale? I don't know. Um, a little baby sea turtle. Very yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. So backing up to when Movie Pass kind of first came out. Again, it was it was pretty it was pretty awesome when it first came out because again it was ten bucks a month and I think it was you could see as many movies as you want. And they did, and again, they were experimenting with the the subscription and the limitations of the service. So this is something that it seemed like it was changing every few weeks. And this was frustrating to people along the way. Um, But it was still, you know, some of the changes early on were not that bad. So I think one of the first changes they made where they changed it instead of as many movies as you want, you could only see one a day. And it's like, that's pretty good still. Like, right, like most people are going to be fine with that. Then they changed it to, well, you can't see the same movie twice, right, with the service. So if you went to go see, you know, Deadpool two, you could only see that one time. How does that um, one? How does that one actually help? It seems, yeah, the you know I, what I mean. It seems kind of arbitrary. Well, they they basically, and this is this kind of leads to some of the other changes. Um, I think they were having to pay higher premiums or. Um, there's less seats to fill for the newer blockbusters, right? That's that's where yeah, so those that's where those seats are kind of more valuable. They're not like um if you're talking about art house films that have been out for <laughs> two months, like if you go see one, especially on like a weekday, there's nobody in the theater. Like you could go and see a movie and there might be three people. So if you have a handful of extra people, again, you're you're filling the seats and even if you're not making a ton of money on it, it's money you would you wouldn't have had otherwise. Whereas, again, maybe the new Incredibles movie, um, something like that, then that's where those seats do fill up. And if, you know, people were going to see that on, let's say, opening weekend, um, that's kind of lost money otherwise, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think I think that is the premise of the, the business plan, right? Like, we could fill seats that would, would otherwise be unfilled. Yeah. And therefore, the the movie theaters will be happy to take a fraction of money that they weren't receiving anyway. Yeah. And it's kind of a win-win. Like I think exactly, I don't know through analyzing this whole thing. I think it's kind of important not to jump to the conclusion of this is a failed business model Mm -hmm. because I think, I think I've seen a lot of, I don't know in the, in the bit of research I've done and like what I've seen on Twitter, it seems like a lot of people are saying, Oh, well uh, you know, how could you charge $10 for something that costs 15? Um, you know, like, or how right. can, you know, like you're, 
you're trying to you're trying to create money out of nothing like it's it's stupid um and yeah. i think it's it's really easy to look at that when i saw another another stat and i don't know if this is true but um it said that the amount of money that movie pass lost in in an entire year uber can lose in like 12 days okay um so like you know plenty of companies are not profitable and are you know trying to disrupt some industry and are yeah. willing to take a loss for a while until they you know like the snapchat example or uber mm-hmm. or um you know instacart or favor or you know like name whatever kind of disruptive market it it seems weird until all of a sudden everybody catches on and either they start you know selling data or they start getting advertising in the right places or you know yeah. whatever it might be like it's easy to turn turn things around when you do have when you do have a large customer base yeah that's i mean that's that's the idea and i think one of the things that maybe they are at a unique disadvantage in uh for is that they don't control let's say distribution right like that's where you you have a company like amc say hey we're the ones that have the theaters we have why don't we just do this yeah they actually have access to the network of distribution for films so that does give them it seems like a unique edge and movie passes like oh shit yeah we were it's an example of a business that was somewhat revolutionary and introduced a good idea but ooh, like are they are they going to be able to you know take that to the next level or again if they they don't kind of control um distribution like are they going to be able to sustain that and i think your point is a good one in that you know there's there they there may be an out here i mean they there's a lot of talk recently um that they are going out of business um do you want to give some some update on that the most recent news yeah so i mean i think the um ceo sent out an email to every customer did you get that email or have you already canceled? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I must have canceled already. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the email roughly said, you know, hey, sorry, we're making some changes, but everything's going to be okay. You know, like, so, yeah. I, I mean, it's pretty typical kind of like cover up and like, let's brush this aside. Everything's going to be okay. Um, and, but they are making some changes and I think they're instilling, you know, quite a few more limitations. And I think mm-hmm. um, it was even like, you know, if you cancel your account, you can't sign up for a while. So they're yep. trying to like discourage people from like kind of jumping in and out, which I know is common in subscription services. Like if you're not going to see a, if no good movies are out for a while, like you might cancel and then wait until two or three good ones are, are available and then right. start it back up, right. To try to minimize yeah. your costs. So they, they want you paying in all those months when you're not going. Right. Mm-hmm. So they kind of limit that, that, you know, just kind of adding these various limitations, making it a little less, um, making it a little bit less, um, useful, but still trying to kind of hit that balance of like providing, providing value to the customer. And I mean, I think every, I don't know, every business exists to like, to rip you off in some way, if that makes sense, like maybe that's a negative way to look at business, but like you're like the business has to profit. Right. And so they have to, they have to provide some value. And often, oftentimes I think that's like convenience or something like Mm -hmm. kind of feeding off of your laziness, um, to say, well, we know this is, more expensive than it should be or more inconvenient or like, I don't know, more expensive than it should be as a way to be more convenient for you so that you don't have to deal with, you know, this or that. Right. Yeah. That or, makes sense. or the perceived value is greater than the actual value. Right. Like that's, there's some kind of interplay there. So I think they're at this point, they're just trying to pull the levers that they can to try to see how, like, I think some of the limitations I saw were, um, like certain first run films 
would not be available like the first week. Yeah. So and then, go ahead. Let me let me back up to where again I kind of talked about one of the the newer limitations when they they limited it to once per day, and it was still like a pretty good deal, right? And then one of the next changes they made, which was pretty painful, and I, I think it was like only a couple months ago, it was actually right after I signed up, they introduced a change where it was it was basically surge pricing for you know like yeah. a, a similar to like Uber or whatnot, where if there was if there was um, what, I'm trying to think of the wording, but if it basically if if a movie was filling up or if it looked like it was going to be somewhat busy. Then they would add an additional. I think it was it was three ninety nine. Uh, you'd have to pay a three ninety nine charge to go see that movie. So it was actually kind yep. of a steep, you know, price when you consider you know the cost of a ticket maybe is you know eight dollars on average something yeah. like that. Do you know if and, that got rolled into your like monthly bill or was that like a mm, on the spot payment? I don't know because I'm kind of um, curious just from like a user experience and like you know transactional standpoint. Like, are people willing to pay? a fee like that if they if they don't have to pay it right now you know what i mean like it's almost I, like yeah i don't know but one thing i did so here's the thing though and i and when i saw that i was like oh that kind of sucks but honestly like i'm probably not going to see that many movies on opening weekend anyway i kind of like to wait till theaters are a little more sparse but what i what i ended up finding was that they were very liberal applying that because what happened was when you um you know when you you use the app to to find movie times and you're kind of browsing uh, theaters and movie times and there'll be this little lightning bolts uh, icon over a time if it was, you know, a surge price. And what I found was that they were very liberal in applying that. So you might, if any movie was like somewhat recent, like for example, I was like wanting to go see the new Ant-Man movie. And so it's like a Marvel movie. It's a big blockbuster, but it had been out, I'd say two or three weeks and it was they had surge pricing literally every time slot um, for that day. So it looked like they were just like, oh well, you know, this movie is somewhat popular right now. I was kind of doubtful that again, like maybe at the matinee times at the eleven o'clock was really truly a surge time. But again, they I think they were pretty liberal in applying that. And ultimately, they did change their policy again, which is that, which is I think the most recent change, which is that you essentially can't see new movies. Um, so they kind of went all in on that. And but as soon as I saw the surge pricing, that's where the subscription became significantly less fun for me. Um, I was having a lot of fun just, just ha- had an excuse to go out, you know, during maybe go see a movie during the week when instead I might. Um, you know, just watch something on Netflix. Uh, it was just an excuse to kind of get out there and go see movies I wouldn't necessarily see in theaters normally, right? Maybe like kind of a stupid comedy that, hey, I can wait and just see that on Redbox. Um, but again, it was it was this fun experience of just kind of going um, to the movies on, on a whim. And that took some of that away from the experience for me. And it kind of went felt more akin to how going to the movies was before where it's more of kind of a calculated, is this worth it kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think some of the other changes that I've seen are that they're starting to do some like blackout stuff. So there will be days where no movies are available, not even with surge pricing. 
Okay. And what? I think that huh. I think it's literally just a last a last ditch effort to save some money because if they're if they're losing money on every um on every transaction right now and they're running out of cash, they can slow slow things down and like get their strategy together if they can buy some time. Yeah. So I think that's and that's the only way I can I can read that is you know because I saw I saw screenshots of people literally posting on Twitter like well here's the available movies I can see and it's just a blank huh. it's a blank list and they're just it's they're shutting it out so that you can't see so no movies are available in certain markets and for certain people um, Man, and then I, I think they yeah, I think they also crazy. I think they also upped the price to fifteen yeah they did um, they did which seems I mean fifteen seems closer to like the right price anyway yeah. I agree with that. Um, so I'm kind of, I think, like you said initially, was that $10 a month unlimited movies really did seem too good to be true. Yeah. And it's it's one thing to have, to find a good deal, but it's another to say, like, this is this is going to be very difficult to sustain, right, as a business. So. Uh-huh. And I might, you know, I might be convinced to pay up to $20 a month for yeah. the service because um, I am somebody that likes going to the movies. And again, it's, I actually liked having that, that extra incentive to go and use the service um, that I'm paying for. Right. So it kind of was, again, a little push to go, um, go out and have a nice movie watching experience, which generally ends up being more enjoyable than just, you know, again, staying home and watching a few episodes of a TV show for me. And again, I, I think I would, could justify paying $20 a month, but to me, when you start slapping limitations on and blackout days and surge prices, like those are all just little barriers for me to enjoy the service that I want, that, I, that I'm paying for, right? And I'd rather pay a little more and just be able to do the thing I want than have all, to be tripped up you know, on all these technicalities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw, uh, building off of what you're saying from AMC, I saw that Alamo Drafthouse is also looking to do this. Okay. to start their own subscription, which I'm very excited about. I mean, Alamo is the only movie theater that I really go to. And what I think is so interesting about Alamo is that they they make most of their money off of food and beverages. Right. So they, I mean, they're a restaurant as well as a movie theater. And I think mm-hmm. their their ticket prices are fairly expensive. I mean, I think yeah. they're higher than most. They are. Already. So they're, they are profiting off, profiting off of that fairly well. But then on top of that, they're able to sell basically alcohol i think is the number one you know reason yeah they make, highest margin they make money sure. yeah, yeah margins are huge so they can um you know and they do have to have like more staff involved i think there's like you know it seems like there's like 20 people running each movie theater you know like lots mm-hmm. of servers and cooks and you know all the all the staff so there is obviously more overhead there and there's yeah. a cost of you know buying food and all that stuff um but i think it's m- I'm just thinking it's more likely that they could be sustainable with something like this since the they could give movie tickets away. Like they could be losing money on movie tickets and still make that money up from if anybody comes in and, and buys a few beers, they'll they'll make the money back. Yeah, that's a really that's a really interesting point. And I'd actually be curious to know. I mean, I'm now that you bring that up, I'm almost surprised that they do charge a premium for movie tickets. Right. I mean, obviously if people are willing to pay for it, it's, then I think it's so a de- it. it's a demand thing. I think if they didn't yeah. charge that much, the the all the movies would be sold out. So they price them yeah. in order to keep it to keep it from selling out in like ten minutes, you know? That's a good point. And you know, you you also might see more people um you know, cheaper people that come in and like, uh, you know, if, if tickets were $7 or something like that, you might see people come in and not order food or beverages. And again, those are people that are filling up seats and, 
you're, those are people you're not making money on. Yeah, if you kind of set it up as a premium experience, then you filter out anyone who's looking yeah. for an extreme deal, right? Exactly, and then yeah. You get people who are willing to spend money, and those people will spend more money on food. It's kind of genius, really. It's, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. I think I heard once that Alamo is, at least in Austin, they're like either number one or number two in in alcohol sales. Um, and I think they're either, either second place or they're in second place to, um, top golf. Yep. I've, I've heard that, which makes well, that makes sense. That one at least. Yeah. Yeah. Just the scale of top golf. Yeah. It's absurd. And people go there to like drink a lot. Like that's like the, that's the reason people go to top golf. Like it's not to play golf, not for golf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) interesting. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of what other, um, industries should become uh should become subscription based you know like what Mm. what other failed subscriptions could come out of you know like what about um gasoline for your car subscription gasoline so if there was like a surplus or something yeah you get um (laughs) unlimited gas yeah you can fill up any anytime you want at any station you get a special credit card that works you know yeah and um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that one, um, but uh, I like where you're. I like where you're going. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, obviously, there's like. I'd be curious to see if there's like certain criteria where it fits, right? Like, so again, oh, I did. Yeah, I did hear one, um, or, or at least a rumor of like an, a ride sharing subscription. So it's like if Uber or Lyft were to offer um, subscription rides, right? Oh, so okay, yeah, it would be something like it would be expensive. It'd be something like you know two hundred to five hundred dollars a month, right? Um, okay. depending on like what tier you were at. And I think that that someone was running the numbers or maybe um, Uber, like a leaked press release or something that they were like trying to figure out how to do that. But I think it's kind of a cool option for somebody who doesn't own a car and mm-hmm. lives in a city without much uh, public transportation yeah. um, to be able to pay $400 a month, which is not outrageous for a car payment plus gasoline plus whatever. And to be able to be guaranteed I don't know, two rides per day. Like you can get to work and back. Right. Um, for, and I think that that's what the tiers were like number of rides per day. Um, so I think you could do, um, I think two was the minimum and it was like 250 bucks a month or something like that. So, and I don't know if that excludes surge pricing and, you know, I'm sure all those same details exist. And I think that's kind of the tricky part. It seems with any of these things is how do you introduce enough limitation to keep, keep people from like, going crazy with the service and keep, but without creating so much that's, it's more frustrating and more difficult to even know if you can use it and to know if you're getting a good deal. Yeah, that's the trick. And I think it depends on what you're, what you're selling or what industry you're in. Right. I mean, I was just thinking about like, I wonder if you could do that with airline, you know, seats or something like that. Um, if you, yeah, some kind of, some kind of standby, standby system. Exactly. Like a, some kind, exactly some kind of standby thing, but I don't know how many people would actually, be interested in that because that would be for like very spontaneous like traveling type i mean that's standby in general right what about um succulents as a service subscription succulents because everybody Go kills on. everybody kills their plants you know like no one can keep cactus alive succulents they usually overwater them yeah um so every month you just get a box of plants and uh-huh. when they when they die you just throw them out just don't overwater <laughs> Do you do that? Do you kill all your plants? No, but Chloe takes care of all the plants, so it's not. Ah, okay. the, the plants so are doing well. It's under control now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, 
Yeah, okay, that's a thing. Or I was thinking, you know, the the airplane thing. Maybe you take that a step further and go, okay, where are there open seats to a city where there's also open hotel rooms? So it's sort of like a a travel mm. service where again, maybe maybe that's not even a subscription necessarily, but maybe that is like a a travelocity kind of thing where you go, "Hey, what are my, I want to go on an affordable trip this weekend for three days. Where can I go? Boom. It says, oh, great. We actually have a lot of available seats to Tuscan, Arizona. And it just so happens there's a lot of availability with hotels. Therefore, we can afford to make that very inexpensive. I kind of like that. I don't even know why we're doing this podcast. We should be building, we should be building I'm, this app. I'm going to delete that bit. <laughs> keep, I don't that for, get, keep that for yourself. I don't want to reveal that to our our eighteen listeners. Yeah. Well, those are lifetime listener listens, not listeners. Yeah, it's not unique. Unique, <laughs> right? Listeners. Exactly. Um, I actually really like that. Do, do you do you do you like that? Can you poke holes in that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I think if I had to guess, I would I would say that typically the like when you pull up the app and you see what's available, it would yeah. be a bunch of places you don't want to go. <laughs> That's my best uh, critique of this idea. would be like, oh, oh great. Uh, Albu- Albuquerque, New Mexico. Great. Can't wait to go. It's only $100. I don't go know, s- though. Like, you may be right, but... Like, you're not going to get a trip to New York for, for cheap. It's just not going to happen. Maybe not, but I don't know. Like, you may, you may see some... Because, again, I think it would be more seasonal. Like, I think there might be certain seasons where <laughs> there may be it may open up a little bit, right? Like you might be able to hop around on three or four planes, you know, like you could get a, you could get to Albuquerque and then there's one flight from Albuquerque to New York, you know, that happens like once a week. And so if you can get there and then you can get to New, you know what I mean? You can, yeah, maybe you're right. I think it would be a pain in the ass. Exactly. Then you start kind of like chipping away at the sort of experience side of things, which again is like, is is a temptation for these subscription services because you want to keep them you know affordable on their their cost sides because the price is generally much lower right what they're charging for it so that's the whole deal that's what you were talking about that's how do the you, whole deal how do you keep the value of the 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 experience but you know still make it cost effective and so you're able to kind of sell it at, at a discount yeah it's tricky too and it, it plays a lot with psychology of people not understanding the value of things <laughs> yeah um which in some ways feels bad because if you create a good service like this you're like playing on people's you know like i don't know like the the human nature of like wanting to like get something cheap now you know what i mean like feels it yeah. feels good but do you can you really feel good about having a service that is like at the in the end of the day it's like ripping people off you know here's the thing i think some are like that i i think there are services like that that do kind of prey on those 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 tendencies of of you know human thought but i think there are other ones that are that are genuinely clever that find a way to again like to they find some excess somewhere and are able to kind of sell it at a discount because it's just kind of sitting there like yeah, you know for redi- example redistribute a thing yeah. that's already there. Like, like this is not a subscription. I don't. Well, actually, I think it is. Like Square Foot, the company. Mm, I'm not familiar. Okay, so Square Foot is a company where people who have um, storage spaces are able to rent out the excess space they have. So this is like a 
This is like oh, a like, tech company in Austin, based in Austin. And that's the idea is that you maybe have a, I don't know what, 300 square foot uh, storage space, but you don't actually need it. You have a couch and you know a fridge in there, but you actually have another 100 or something. And so I don't know how it works exactly, but you're able to rent that that extra room out to somebody else. Or another example is like, um, what the hell is it called? Uh, U-ship, right? So that's an idea where if if somebody's already kind of driving across the country, you know, you can get them to take your your stuff with you. That's more of a straight up service, but again, it sort of it, it finds a way to. You know, if somebody's already needs to get across the country, this is a way to hire them to take the, your stuff uh, for you. Essentially, I, I had no idea that that's what UShip was. <laughs> really, I've seen I've seen UShip. Like I've known people that worked at UShip. Yeah, I've heard about it, and even like the name of it makes sense. Like UShip, great. <laughs> yeah. um, like it's right there in the name, and I never. There I just it assumed it was like a like DHL or something. Like just another. No. Like you know UShip, sure. Like. Um, no, I think, and I think some people will do it like they become drivers and, uh, almost like, again, like ad hoc drivers who are, will basically look over like, um, a deal or, or not a deal, but like an order or something where they'll say, okay, this person, you know, wants to, is moving to Arizona and they have, you know, this much stuff that needs to fit in a truck of this size. And I assume you ship like either owns trucks or they coordinate, the rent you know they have deals on like the rental of trucks and things like that and again you're just kind of you're taking somebody that is essentially freelance driver right and they're going across the country and i think in a lot of cases it's somebody that already needs to kind of get over there i'm not sure how big of a factor that is but um yeah that's that's the idea it's pretty interesting um okay it's uh it's movie pass yeah but it's for access to uh doctor's offices and healthcare so affordable healthcare yeah did you solve affordable healthcare uh-huh whoa i mean it's uh it's insurance it's what that's that was a joke <laughs> you son of a bitch you got me you pay monthly yeah and you can go to the doctor for less um that is interesting so like insurance actually okay so that's that was a joke but there, like, if you take the like insurance company like model, yeah, there is a deductible, so that's right. kind of interesting. Like this, obviously, insurance has it figured out. Like they know how to not get ripped off. Um, yeah. So it is there is a monthly cost. Um, I mean, obviously, like your own health is like a better motivator than your desire to see a movie. Um, yeah. So that <laughs> not for everyone, <laughs> not for everyone. Um, so there's that. But there's a deductible, and there's yeah. oftentimes a copay, right? So yeah, exactly. In some ways, um, you know, that's kind of like the surge pricing that they were talking about. Yeah, and it is. It is all more complicated than it feels like it should be. So that's tricky. But um, you know, maybe that's kind of proof that there are some of some of those you know uh, limits that they're putting in place, and some of those other rules could you know there's a chance that they could kind of figure that out, and the right balance could could be pulled off yeah and, and, and insurance obviously goes to such an extreme in terms of they look at all of your sort of personal factors and um you know you might have a you're going to have a unique cost that comes out of so many different 
factors, right? The same thing with any kind of insurance. They look at your credit history. They do all this kind of algorithms that say you're this type of person. You have this, this types of factors. Therefore, you're on average going to cost us this much money. So we can charge you this much more and be profitable, right? So what you're saying is they should look at your movie history. What types yeah. of movies do you like? You know, do you always go see blockbusters? Yeah. What time? Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know how that would work, like how what it would work out to, like if like for me, for example, right? Maybe I'm going to see a movie on average once a week, right? I don't know how like paying, let's say, fifteen dollars a month, are they still able to be profitable? Again, it depends on what types of movies I go to, when I go to those movies. Um, if I'm going to see art house movies on weekday nights, then they would certainly be able to make a profit off me. Um, but that would be kind of interesting for sure. Um, even just kind of an interesting idea for subscription services in general to sort of see, what, see based on your, your continued activity, adjust your pricing accordingly. Like maybe you subscribe to a service like Netflix and you don't use it for three months and they sort of, they, you see your, your payment kind of tick down to accommodate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that'd be cool. Um, I'd be, I'd be inclined to, cause we, we cancel our Netflix subscription from time to time. That's kind of our, like, that's kind of where I, that might, my anecdotal evidence about that comment I made earlier, but we'll, you know, if we're not watching anything or if there's, it seems like, cause I don't know if this ever happens to you, but I feel like sometimes I've, I've conquered Netflix, like everything they have (laughs) that I want to watch, I've watched, you know, like, and that's partly because I'm pretty picky about what I watch. So most of the things they have on there, I'm skipping over. Yeah. Um, so if I, you know, if there's maybe, I don't know, 10 movies that are interesting to me at a given time on Netflix. I might've watched all 10 and then there's, you know, really I'm not going to put on something I don't like. So, um, if they were to say, Hey, we noticed you're not really watching much. How about it? How about a deal? I'd be more inclined to stick around. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I, you know, going back to that suggestion I just made about kind of tailoring the price to your activity, I think that could backfire too because you could have people that are enjoying your service and using it a lot happy to pay full price well they're happy to pay full price but then if again if they're using it a lot then theoretically the price would go up maybe maybe it only has a cap right maybe that's sort of the standard price if it went over the like over what you started paying obviously you're gonna not a good experience not a good experience you're gonna create unnecessary churn and the people even if you're lowering their price you know, if people aren't using it, they're all, there's still, you know, possibility those people are going to cancel. So it's sort of, it seems like that could backfire for sure. Um, but I kind of, so maybe, maybe the tweak is, hey, if you're really not using it a lot, we'll, uh, you know, we'll offer you a lower price to continue until you use it again. But that's kind of already what exists in terms of if you try to cancel like Hulu, for example, man, did they put up a fight? They're like, oh, yeah sorry to hear you're leaving like are you sure like we'll offer you like three free months like they'll, they'll you know go to such lengths to try to keep you on there um and i know like audibles like that for example like they'll offer you half price subscription or something like that for um you know whatever three months something like that just to keep you and so that's kind of a a, di- a reactionary version of it instead of going to you and saying hey we're afraid you're going to cancel so we'll offer you a deal it's saying oh you want to cancel let's try to talk you out of it which probably makes more sense honestly (laughs) 
from purely from a business standpoint, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, Audible is interesting because with Audible, you get credits mm-hmm. and credits can, I think they like, you get one per month or something and then they yeah. kind of accumulate, right? They accrue. Yeah, exactly. And then if you, I think you can only, you kind of max out if you don't use them after six months or something, I think they disappear. Uh-huh. Um, and if you cancel your account, you lose what you had. So that's kind of a cool strategy because they are incentivizing you to keep your account because you might keep any credits that you have. And they're also incentivizing you to use it because you know that if you don't use them, you will lose them. Right. Um, And I could see something like that almost working with movies, for example, because you could earn a credit, you know, two credits per month. And that's basically saying you can see two movies every month. It doesn't matter when or which ones you see. Right. Yeah. And then if you don't see one for a few months, you'd start to save some up and then you could kind of catch back up and go see three movies the next month, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Could be interesting. It's I mean, it's easier to quantify. It's just another kind of way to gamify the system in a way. Right. Man, all, all this uh all this talk, I actually like kind of want to go see a movie now. <laughs> what what movie do you need to see? I, I wanted to see the new Ant-Man. I don't know. I, think, I assume that's still out. <laughs> And actually, it's funny because I think I may still have my movie pass. Like, I think I maybe canceled it just after I had paid. Mm. Um, so I'm clicking through now, and I can totally go see a movie. Well, there you go. So maybe I'll maybe I'll leave you with that. Um, I have I have one more question for you. Okay. Um, in your super smart business brain, mm-hmm. how would you save movie pass? What would you change if it were up to you? It's tough because what they're talking about right now is it's kind of a funny like marketing angle where they're like, oh, well, they're limiting the new kind of your ability to see new blockbuster movies. Right. Um, And they're like, oh, well, we meant to do this anyway. We wanted to support indie films like that was like as if that was like their mission all along. And I almost wonder, I think it is hard to transition to that, but I almost wonder if, you know, they had they had kind of branded it that along the way, maybe it would be a smaller market initially and they could expand to, you know, more blockbuster movies once they had more leverage. Whereas they tried to kind of grab all the marbles at once and just do everything. And I, I almost would have been curious to see them start a little smaller, right. And like control their costs more. And again, it's kind of a hindsight thing, but I, I would have been curious to see them say, Hey, there's a unique opportunity here with, movies that aren't um really popular right so you could you so it, it's it's almost again they're kind of they're moving in that direction so we'll see if they can if they can get there but i i wonder if they had started out that way if they would have been a lot more cost effective along the way and could have kind of again taken started with a, a niche market and built up from there versus trying to get all the market and then kind of backing into a niche market. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's super smart. And I think so smart. Part of part of what's so smart about it, I'll tell you, just to show you how smart I am with my response, um, <laughs> okay. that I think they would grab um, a, a much different type of user, which would be the like super film nerd, film buff. Yeah. The people who are really passionate about the film industry and about cinema and mm-hmm. like, cinema as an art form not as like a cheap thrill entertainment marvel superhero movie right um you know not to like diss on your ant-man or anything um (laughs) but the you know the that type of person who is you know much fewer and far between not the mainstream movie audience but 
someone who is probably seeing a lot of movies so they are actually motivated yeah. to use a service like this because if you're not seeing a lot of movies then it doesn't make sense anyway right you're not you don't need to be paying often but i think that person would be willing to pay a higher price mm-hmm. and i think they would also be like looking for creative ways to like save the film industry because i think there's like a whole this whole culture of like our home theater systems getting so good that we don't need to see movie theaters like what right. you know is the movie theater going to disappear and die right like and i think this type of person wants to like subscribe to a service where they pay money for like this better experience yeah. to see to like get better recommendations and get uh, you know like see the cool movies that they didn't know about and like even like this movie you might have to drive 30 minutes out of your way cuz it's only playing at this one small theater that you hadn't heard of before right like create this like higher level higher tier premium service that film lovers would really love yeah. and maybe there's a chance that there's more money to be made that way yeah I think you're right. And again, it's just, it's just like a classic kind of example of a lean startup approach where you, you, you go after the early adopters, right? You go after the people that are, that are most excited to use a service like this and you learn from them. And then you, you kind of, you own and dominate that market and you grow from there. Um, versus again, just trying to grab everything at once saying, we're going to, we're going to, you know, bum rush the market and try to, you know, grab everything. But yeah, they're you know they're burning through so much cash trying to do it uh, and figure it out as they go. That yeah, it's not working so good. So be very interested to see if you know one you know next week or the week after um, what, if they're still a business, right? If they're still in business. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm gonna go see a movie, and uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how it goes. Nice. Re- report back. Okay, we'll do. I'll report <laughs> back on Ant Man. Awesome. Okay, catch you later. Thank you.